way more paths to success than failure when it comes to parenting. Parents today, you know, are involved, both are involved in everything. One of us has this great opportunity to really put the pedal, you know, on, to, to accelerate for a few years. Is the other one in a position to sort of step back and take over a little bit more on the home front? We all need to help each other get there. And I feel like it's just, it creates a lot more supportive, collaborative, Environment. Hey guys, I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm going to do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. This episode of The Girl Dad Show is brought to you by Monty Kids. Monty Kids is a company I'm working closely with, and I'm their number one fan. I truly believe in the amazing work that they are doing. Did you know that 85% of the brain is formed by age three? That's why Monty Kids created their award-winning program to support babies and parents during these critical early years. As a busy working parent, I'm always looking for ways to benefit my girl's development, but I don't always have the time to do the research. Monty Kids checks all the boxes. They deliver a box of high-quality learning toys to your child every three months. The toys are designed by trained Montessori educators to be safe, engaging, and developmentally appropriate for babies and toddlers. Monty Kids also supports parents. As part of the Monty Kids program, you'll receive tips and tricks from child development experts on topics ranging from sleep schedules to potty training and everything in between. You'll also have access to one-on-one -on -one personalized coaching with Montessori-trained child development experts and access to an exclusive online community of Monty Kids families. Trust me, that's a game changer, especially for things you're troubleshooting as a parent, like those sleepless nights in those early days. I've had so much fun watching my girls learn and grow with Monty Kids. They get so excited when the box arrives and the toys target areas of development, including their fine motor skills, coordination, and growth mindset. I also just feel good knowing I'm giving my daughters the absolute best start. Are you interested in trying Monty Kids for your family? You can join the Monty Kids programs today with the code GIRLDAD60 for $60 off your first box. And you can expand your child's lifelong potential with Monty Kids. Welcome to the show, Candice. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Young. It's great to be here. I am super stoked to be able to talk to you about uh, something that I've been wanting to talk to you about since we started working together and knowing each other, which is all about parenting. And um, it's really great to finally get to do this with you after many, many weeks of us kind of punting this conversation <laughs> off to save for the podcast. Exactly. So let's jump right into it. So can you share with the listeners what you do for a living? Yeah, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've uh, worked at five different startups. I've founded two, um, uh, also been CEO of two, and currently am the CEO at Monty Kids, which is an educational program that's authentic Montessori delivered at home for zero to three-year-olds. Wow, that's awesome. I had no idea that you had started um, so many businesses. I, um, your LinkedIn doesn't do you justice, Candice. I uh, <laughs> just learned that about you. That's fantastic. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, the, the first company that I started uh, was back in Boston. Uh, it was with a Harvard professor. Uh, my, so my co-founder, his name was Gary King, and he had created a super cool algorithm and didn't really, wasn't quite sure if there was any commercial application for it. And so uh, he convinced me to kind of take a look at it. And so we started a company called Crimson Hexagon, which was in the very early days of social media analytics. So I remember when I was raising money for that company, I had to explain to potential investors what Twitter was and why they might need to care about it. 
So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That early on. Yeah. So when it was first coming out and you were doing an analytics company for that. Right, right. So it basically, it summarized opinions being expressed in, you know, unstructured text. So we would basically take tweets and blogs and Facebook posts and be able to summarize in a very automated way what was being said. Like those, um, you know, those books for dummies, like kind of version, <laughs> like a, a summarized version of like all this like content? No, well, um, it's more quantified than that. So it would be mm. like, um, you know, like 10 minutes after Obama gave a State of the Union address, it, we would be able to say, well, of all the people who just, you know, posted things about his speech, you know, 10% were saying they really liked his purple tie, 15% were really concerned about his take on healthcare, you know, and so it, it's more than just a positive oh, and negative, wow. you can actually kind of summarize uh, and quantify the opinions being expressed. That sounds really, really cool. That sounds really cool even now. So that must have been really, really hard to sell when all these platforms were just coming out. <laughs> I can definitely see what you mean about the having to talk to investors about this because I think that that would even be uh, hard to explain even now. I mean, not much easier now, but I could definitely see that being much harder to explain earlier on. Oh, that's fascinating. And so did that kind of spark your entrepreneurial journey? Like just because that first foray into it with your professor? He wasn't actually my professor. Uh, my husband introduced me to him. Uh, they were working on some stuff together, and and uh, so he Gary had actually asked me to look at some other algorithm for him a few years prior, and it was one of these things where like this is intellectually brilliant, but commercially, I don't know if it has any value. So mm. he, we just kind of stayed in touch, and and he came back to me with this idea a few years later. So. Um, it was super fun. And, you know, like, like a lot of startup roads, it was rocky and it took, uh, you know, uh, quite a few years before it really kind of came into its own. But um, it, 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 uh, it actually just recently got purchased by Cision. So um, it was a nice. So, a oh, nice the, the PR media yeah. outlet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Congratulations. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, there are a lot of people who had a hand in, in that, that road. So, um, but it, it, it was a good journey. Well, I don't know any of them, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it's all you. <laughs> That's fantastic news. I, and I just have to ask. I'm gonna jump around a little bit, but like, how who, how old are your kids? Can you tell me about your kids and uh, how old they are? Who they are? Yeah, yeah. So I have a an older daughter. Um, her name's Piper. She's a senior in high school, and then I have a younger son, Grady, who's a freshman in high school. Those are awesomely interesting names. How'd you come up with Piper and Grady? Uh. You know, it's a great question. Um, Piper, as it turns out, we found out after the fact that um, there was a TV show at the time that had a Piper in it, and we mm. had never seen it. So everyone who asked me about that, I was like, oh, did I think it was like Charmed or something. Maybe that was the name uh, of the TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, and, I don't think I, I watched it, but it's the Witches one, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think from what I hear, again, I've never seen it. Apparently, there mm -hmm. was a Piper on that. So everyone's like, oh, did you name her after Charmed? Like, yeah. No, I've never seen <laughs> uh, but actually, um, there's a setter on the Stanford volleyball team that my husband and I, uh, we, didn't, we, never, we don't even know her. Um, but we used to watch uh, separately a lot of Stanford volleyball games. And we both remembered her. And she was just like you know, super engaged and talented and friendly and bubbly. And we are like, that's, that seems like 
a great name for a daughter. So we named her Piper. And um, Grady was just a, just a, there's no sort of specific inspiration. We just liked the name. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was mostly, I, I kind of wanted to jump around and ask because I was kind of curious what the timeline was. Like, when did you, because being an entrepreneur and having kids is not necessarily two things that people do around the same time, but it sounds like based on the timing you just listed, it might have happened pretty close together. Yeah, actually it did. In fact, um, I was literally writing the business plan for Crimson Hexagon um, starting two weeks after Grady was born. So I remember like sitting there nursing him, like writing the business plan. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just one of those people, I know some people love pregnancy and like the whole like bloom of motherhood. I could not stand being pregnant. I just like, I was like <laughs> yeah. so ready to move on. It was like, <laughs> and Grady was the second one. So it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. We're moving on. And you know, you can sit here with me while I work and we're good. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I think that it goes both ways. I mean, I, I'd say my sister is a lot like that as well, too, where she's like, um, she loves being a mom, but she also loves like, you know, like uh, growing her career and kind of like going and being driven and moving forward with that. So I, I, I love that sentiment. I think that it's like one of those things that we're, we're seeing more and more of, right, as we progress. And so uh, that's fantastic. But I didn't know that you had started so many businesses. And so was that first business the reason that like you started becoming an entrepreneur and you started continuing to start businesses? Because you're like, hey, I'm going to have two kids and I'm going to start a business. That wasn't that bad. And you're like, now I should just start businesses over and over again. What made you start four, four other businesses? Well, I, I only started one other. I've joined oh, okay. a couple other startups. Oh, got it. Startups. Um, so mm. only started one other. I think once you do it, it's a lot less scary. And honestly, when I did that one, um, you know, it was more like this opportunity with like Gary kind of came up and it was like, mm -hmm. You know, if I don't do this, I'm just going to miss out on this amazing, you know, opportunity. And I really, really wanted to just try it. I had no mm -hmm. idea. I was pretty fresh out of business school. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, you know, oh, I can do anything. I have an MBA. Now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was just thought, you know, why not? Um, and once, but I feel like, uh, you know, once you do it, it's a lot less intimidating. Like, oh, yeah, I've been through this before. Yeah, especially if you go through it with a kid. I mean, I definitely want to unpack that a little more. But before we get into that, can you talk to us a little bit about your childhood? Yeah, yeah. So I was super fortunate. I had an amazing childhood. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, my dad was a Stanford professor. Uh, my mom um, actually uh, had an MBA um, which was not super common at the time, uh, but was a stay-at-home mom. And, uh, and I have one older brother, so uh, who is one of my all-time favorite people in the world. So uh, I had, I would say, a really idyllic, you know, really happy, fun childhood. Um, my parents, it was a very loving, close family. So it was really lucky. And your mom, um, although had an MBA, stayed home? Is that what you just said? She did, yeah. Oh, cool. Does she also, like, what does she think about you um, writing a business plan two weeks after having Grady? <laughs> what was her response to that? And then you start another business and then joining multiple startups and then now working at another growth startup. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear what she thinks. 
Yeah, you know, my mom has just always been 100% supportive of everything that I've done. So, you know, at the time, I think she was like, are you sure you can take on all of this? But, you know, in in true mom fashion, she's like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, she didn't live near us at all, you know, Mm -hmm. when I was doing this. She's like, well, can I come visit and help Mm -hmm. take care of the kids? Can I find a... Uh, you know, a meal service that so can, you know, at least feed you while you're doing it. She like tried in every way possible to be supportive, even if she wasn't, you know, physically co-located with us. So uh, she's always just just been super supportive, which is something I think really important that I learned from her is kind of taking your own, with regards to our kids, is like, you know, take some of your own opinions and biases out of it. Like if this is something that they want to do, like the best thing that you can do is sort of, you know, help them on that journey. And what journey are they on? I mean, I'm curious now because it sounds like they have both types of parents, right? Because uh, it's, and grandparents to that degree. So like they've kind of experienced a wide variety of different types of people in their lives. Are they like kind of t- taking after you and going down the entrepreneurial route or are they being more uh, uh, academic or wh- wh- where are they headed? Uh, you know, well, it's, I mean, it's uh, from the entrepreneurial side, it might be a little early to tell. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you see this with your family at all, but our kids, um, there is no question uh, that they are genetic relations of my of mine and my husband's. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Piper, like, Personality-wise, she's so much like me. And mm. Grady, personality-wise, is so much like Lee. And what gets super fun is, um, so she's so much like me with a lot of the same things that, like, that uh, about myself that annoy me, you know? <laughs> and and the, the funny thing is, and it's the same with Lee and Grady. So, like, I am way less patient with Piper about the things like that I struggle with and the same for like Lee is is less patient with Grady on the same things that he struggles with but I have no problem with those you know like I love Lee and I love Grady and they both have the same foibles it doesn't bother me at all but like it's uh it's this interesting like when we see our faults in our kids it's more disturbing than when we see them in ourselves it's very kind of funny how it works out. Totally. And I, um, I think I, I kind of uh, relate to that. I mean, my kids are much younger. They're two and four, but I can see that, you know, they're starting to form who they are and they're definitely starting to separate in um, their personalities and types. And I can tell that Lily's going to be a lot more like me and, and Grace. Actually, I think Grace will be a lot like me too, but in a different way. <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure if that's just because I, I'm a little bit more um, outspoken and louder than my wife is, but we'll see. Both kids yeah. seem to be pretty, pretty loud and outgoing so far, and uh, that's uh, that's definitely more me than my wife. But yeah, that's really interesting to kind of have like uh, Grady follow follow suit with like uh, your husband, and then Piper be more like you. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's crazy down to like Lee has a thing he really likes to sleep with one of his feet out of the blankets, and. You know, he like he never, we never talk about that. And Grady does exactly the same thing. <laughs> so oh funny. my gosh! It's like really, like down to details like that, where it's like, wait, that's not personality traits we're talking about here. Those are like quirks. Those are like literal quirks. Yeah, yeah, and they're like just things like that. It's like, wow, like how did that? I, you know, I don't know. Like, so there's a gene for that? I, I don't know. I don't oh, know. But it's wow. really been fun 
to, to kind of see these things as they get older and they emerge. It's like, wow, you know, you two, you're so alike. It's, it's amazing. That is amazing. And then you said your um, you said your mom um, ended up moving away from the area. So she you Bay Area in for life, and then she moved away, and then came back. Or where 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 did she move? No, we all so uh, right before I started high school, my mm-hmm. dad uh, switched jobs. So he moved to a university in upstate New York. So our whole family moved to upstate New York. And then when I was in college, they moved uh, down to Georgia. Um, and so when Lee and I started our family, we were in Boston. And so it just happened that my parents weren't there. Uh, so that's what I meant is that we were not co-located. Got it. That's awesome. So you have, so you've experienced both of the major metropolitans of the United States. Uh, well, if you consider, I don't know if you consider Boston. Well, well, I meant like the New York area kind of more than anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Awesome. And so, um, how do you um, how do you uh, find that you your parents have influenced you in uh, your parenting? Do you find yourself yeah. ever like doing what your what your mom did? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I feel there. Yeah, there are definitely things that I learned from them. I learned, um, you know, the value of hard work and discipline. Um, mm. Like I remember uh, when I'd come home from elementary school, you know, with my little handwritten report card, you know, in those days, it was like a folded yellow piece of paper, and the teacher wrote in pencil what your grade was. And, you know, I would get all A's, except for one A minus. And my dad would inevitably be like, you know, he wouldn't even comment on the A's. He'd be like, what happened here? He'd be Mm. like, come on, you know, like, I did pretty well. And you're only talking about the A minus. Um, and, uh, so, but, but in so doing, you know, he, and he was, he was a super loving father, but in so doing kind of like got me to realize that I can push harder and I can do better. Um, and so it was, I interpreted it in a a constructive way. Um, and so I, you know, we try to do that, but a little bit toned down with our kids, you know, it's more like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know? your dad sounds a lot like me, but uh, yeah, so I got to figure <laughs> out what that means to tone that down. Yeah. yeah, so it's more like so when you know if somebody if Piper or Grady brings home a math test that um, you know didn't go so well, it's like hmm, uh, you know, so what didn't you understand, and can we help you go through the problems that you didn't understand so that you can learn it, so that mm-hmm. you can finally master it, and. So, so I think we, instead of shifting on why did you get an A minus instead of an A, it's like, oh, the, you, you didn't quite understand these three things. How can we help you understand them? Or can, you know, do you need us to help, you know, do we need to get someone to get a tutor or do like whatever we can do just to help so that they can do the learning. So it's more focused on the learning than the grades, but, um, uh, but it kind of takes you down the same path. That's clever. Yeah. So you're just kind of more doing open-ended questions and kind of being like a, a friend coach, uh, open-ended. Yeah. Softer. <laughs> I get it. That's yeah. the softer version of it. Yeah. Yeah. A li- yeah. But, but to be fair, my dad um, was not, you know, I th- again, I think it's a, it's a generational thing. Like in those days, this was in the early seventies. And then in those days, like there were, I think much stronger 
uh, you know, domains that like, that's what dad, like dads went to the office all day and they mm-hmm. didn't get involved in any particular test, for instance. Mm-hmm. So my dad only saw the report card, whereas parents today, you know, are involved, both are involved in everything, everywhere. Uh, right. And so you have a lot more visibility to the homework from last night or the test from last week. And so you actually get to see like, oh, well, you had trouble with fractions. You know, let me help you with that because, you know, I just want to make sure you understand it kind of thing. So it's a little, a little different. And are you guys both more involved than your parents were? Definitely. 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 Oh, cool. Yeah. So now that's awesome because now my next question is being an entrepreneur, even right now you're very entrepreneurial in, in the role that you have. Uh, how, how did you balance and how do you continue to balance between, you know, being successful as an entrepreneur and as a businesswoman and, and being a mom that's involved? Yeah, I think um, I got really good really fast at Crimson Hexagon. So this is, you know, when after Grady was an infant, Piper was mm-hmm. three um, at compartmentalizing. So um, I just remember, you know, I would go early to work, come home, you know, like six or seven. And I would have, you know, like an one to two hours where I was 100% focused on playing with the kids. I, mm. my phone was nowhere nearby. I didn't even, I, I was so mentally engaged with reading you know, what about the hippopotamus or, mm-hmm. you know, and doing that puzzle and trying to, you know, make them laugh and trying to have fun with them, that it literally took all of my focus to do that. Yeah. But in so doing, it was like a complete break from work. And so, you know, so we'd grab a quick dinner and then I would hop back on email afterwards. But I felt like, you know, it's like, okay, I've had a break. I've had a breather. Now I'm going to go back. And so, um, Having such clear boundaries between um, home and work, I think, has really, really helped me. And also just being really creative. Like, I remember um, back in Boston, uh, you know, I started running to work um, instead of, uh, you know, driving because then I could do two things at once. I could get my workout in and my commute all at the same time, even though I wasn't super close and just like, like trying every possible way to eke out more efficiency in the day. Um, but it, I think it, you know, it all added up and it, it, it helped and it, it worked for me. Um, it worked. So I think that strict compartmentalizing still today, like when I'm with the family, I don't have my phone with me. I'm not looking at it and I'm focused on them. And I feel like that mental break is really important. Yeah. And then what about for your, for your time? So when you just said something that was kind of um, indicative of that, like you said, you used to run to work to kind of like eke out more efficiency. Is that kind of your outlet when you, when you're, you know, uh, not doing uh, super mom work and uh, compartmentalizing for uh, super professional work? Are you, is that what you're doing or what else, what are you doing to unwind and kind of uh, replenish your, your cup? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I do, I do try really hard, uh, to, to, to get a workout in, uh, you know, most days, um, that doesn't mean I succeed and I don't want at all to give the impression that I am athletic in the least. Uh, That makes it sound like I might be really good at things. I feel like, uh, running is one of the few things that I love to do, but I'm horrible at. 
Um, I did. Uh, I did picture a super athlete because when you said you ran in Boston, I'm like, Boston's cold in the winter, so I could just like see you like <laughs> doing Rocky Balboa, you know, just like in the in the freezing cold. Like, just, I did. I did picture a super athlete. Yeah, just like, you know, like a backpack for your laptop and like a baby in the front, just like <laughs> <laughs> super no, mom, you know. No, I, I, I'm like, I feel like glumping is a better word to describe what I do <laughs> rather than running. Um, but yeah, so, um, so I do that, but I also, um, Lee and I have also been really good at, um, you know, some, at like it used to be after we put the kids to bed, you know, now, Mm -hmm. uh, we just stopped tucking the older one in even just a few years ago, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. I think we we kept it for so long, but, um, after dinner and, you know, before we jump back into work. We're pretty good at just sort of you know, like sitting down on the couch for, you know, even if it's five minutes or 10 minutes and just making sure we check in with each other. Um, we, uh, we have always had a Thursday night date night um, mm. ever since Piper was born. Um, and so I find, I know you asked the question about me, but, but um, the, the relationship that Lee and I have is so important to me that it's, a, it's a, it, when I think of what do I do for me, it's actually my relationship with Lee is is actually what I do for me because he's such an important partner and friend and, uh, you know, so such a critical part of my life and making this all happen. Um, I, I think of him in that way. Oh my gosh, that is so romantic and sweet. I hope he I hope he watches this and 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 it gets choked up and teared up hearing that. That you're 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 how you're he's how you replenish your cup. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I um I just started doing that with uh Amy, realizing that, you know, we have such this like focused dedication to our kids. Both of us like have this, uh, we've always wanted kids and we've always kind of like dreamed about having kids. And it's kind of a weird thing, you know, as, as young adults, right. Um, to kind of want that burden <laughs> in some ways. And then we had it, like all of our energy went into it. And over the last few years, we realized that we weren't spending any time or concentrated focus time on ourselves. And so more recently we've been, um, doing date nights, um, very similar to your Thursday nights. And we've been doing Wednesday nights, um, no, actually that's not true. Ours is Thursday nights too. Huh? Anyways, that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to the story, <laughs> but we just started a month ago and we've been on two so far. It's very hard. It's very hard to, to, to stay on, on it and disciplined with it because there's just like having kids and having a job and like trying to be, you know, successful at work and, you know, being a present parent, like you get physically exhausted, mentally exhausted and, and like you want to work out and you want to eat healthy and you're trying to like squeeze all of these things into like 24 hours a day. And like one of the first things that seem to go is always that because it's kind of like you you and I are good, right? We're, we're good, right? Like we can just like, <laughs> like super tired. We're cool, right? And right. it just like even though we made this commitment a, a month ago, it's been so hard. We're like 50% success rate. Yeah. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Is that, is, yeah. do you have the same struggles or do yeah, you, you? We have, we have, and, but, but we've learned pretty, pretty early on that it just, it has to become a habit. Otherwise it does go by the wayside. And it, if it goes by the wayside, then you, you think we're good. Right. And, but a few months pass by and then suddenly you're actually not, and mm-hmm. you start stumbling over other things and it, uh, you know, it's, it's, you just start to realize that that investment in keeping that friendship and that relationship and that closeness is 
critical to like everyone's success. So like everyone in the family. So I think of, I have this weird kind of hilarious mental image in my mind that families are sort of like, like, so in our case, there's four of us. It's like we're all tied together in a three-legged race. So like all of us have one leg tied together, right? And we have to get the whole group across the finish line, right? So which means we all have to work together. Um, but each of us is also independently doing our own thing. So, you know, while our legs are tied together, you know, Lee is getting published in acad academic journals and Grady is becoming an awesome ukulele player and Piper is like, you know, becoming a super fast 800 meter runner. And so, you know, she's like running one direction, Grady's, you know, you know ukuleleing yeah. away, Lee's publishing, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, making toys and running this company on the side. Of, <laughs> and, um, and we're, you know, this, this mass needs to get like across the finish line together, right? And, and so you, there's, a, there's so much um, kind of give and take, and there are times when one person in the family needs the support of everyone else. And everyone else mm. kind of takes a back seat. Um, but it's so important that that pivots, right? Because if it's always one particular person, then everyone else doesn't get to achieve what they need to achieve. Um, but we all kind of recognize that and support each other at different times. And so um, it's a, I know it's a crazy, you know, mental image, yeah. but I feel like that's, that's, that's the way I, I think about it. It is a very interesting imagery that is popping through my mind. Yes, very <laughs> much so. But when you explain it and you think about it, it makes so much sense. Because there is a level of fun, but there's also a level of work that comes with doing a three-legged race. And so you can obviously imagine the physical strain as well as the mental and emotional strain, the amount of communication you need to do, the amount of fun. It's still fun, but it's also like pain, like not painful, but like stressful, but like it's like gratifying and then you do it together and then you're like, I, mean, I could definitely think that this is a really great example uh, to illustrate your point. I think it's a really great example. Yeah, you should totally stick with it. You should write a blog about this. No. This is great. This is a great point. I think it's a great metaphor and a really great example of what uh, a family unity means. I do have to ask though, if you don't mind me diving a little bit deeper, have you had a situation where uh, someone um, kind of monopolized the, 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 the three-legged race? For too long, I think it's a sort of a self-correcting thing because you know there are definitely times. Right? Just tons of judgment from the other three. Everyone just starts like <laughs> <laughs> giving them the cold the shoulder of the house across yeah, exactly. the salad, like you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> self-correcting, yeah, just a ton of glares. Yeah, you know, it's more because the other thing, you know, other things come up that are you know, really great opportunities are really exciting for other people people in the family. And I think it's it's a little bit easier, at least it has been for us so far with the kids. You know, it's like they have an activity that they get super excited about. And then to what extent are we all going to like get up at six o'clock in the morning to drive to, you know, the, the track meet four hours away or, you know, like there's, so it's a little bit, I feel like it gets harder when it's the, the careers, right? It's more like so one of us has this great opportunity to really put the pedal, you know, on, to, to accelerate for a few years. Is the other one in a position to sort of step back and take over a little bit more on the home front? And we have had very explicit periods in our marriage um, where it's been like, okay, you know, now it's Candace's turn and Lee has totally stepped up and 
you know, done more stuff with the kids and more stuff with the house and sort of dealing and, and then, mm -hmm. you know, that will go for a little while and it will sort of reach a point or something will come up for him. He'll be like, you know what, this is something you can't pass up. I'll, you know, take a little bit of a step back and, you know, be a little, little less aggressive and I'll, you know, be the front line, you know, on the, at home. Um, and we've, we've like actively discussed these trade-offs and periods during our marriage of, and I think that that has served us really well because we both, we feel like we're total teammates in, you know, in getting everything done. So. That's amazing. That's a really, really, really great way of um, mechanicalizing parenthood. You're, you're, I mean, I guess it's operationalizing it really, right? Because you're communicating the needs, you're articulating the thesis, and then you're basically coming up with like a standard of like, care level of priority and you guys are basically taking turns that's like that's like the ultimate example of good partnership and good business dealings that's awesome yeah well i'm you, super lucky lee is phenomenal if you can't tell i think the world of him <laughs> yeah do you do you do this with your kids too like where you have these kind of check-ins with them and like just calibrate that's it's a good question uh not well i think we do it in the context of uh, you know, in their own worlds to help them prioritize things. So it's like, you do realize that if you decide to spend all this time running track, that you're going to have to give up, you know, other things or, um, mm. you know, and, and, and sometimes it is, well, if you do that, then, then I won't be able to do this. And so, uh, you know, I just want to make sure you're, you know, it's not like putting a guilt trip on them, but just making them more aware that their decisions impact more than them. Um, because it's true, it, it, they, uh, you know, one child's decision on activities that they want or the way they approach school actually can impact everyone in the family. And so, yeah, it's a three-legged race. Yeah, it's not yeah. just about them. And I think that kind of awareness and understanding is a is a great thing to carry with you in life. Like when you're working, right? Everything you do is part of a team at a company impacts the other people around you too. And and it's kind of the same thing, like. Monty Kids doesn't win if I get across the line. Like, Monty Kids wins when all of us, you know, with our legs tied together, <laughs> get across the line. So, yeah. like, we, we all need to help each other get there. And I feel like it's just, it creates a lot more supportive, collaborative environment. That's awesome. And so do you feel like you are um, kind of uh, employing the same techniques at, at work that you do in your family? To some degree, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit, uh, uh, you know, more task focused and less emotional, I would say at work, but, but in the way that, I mean, you, you do this with us because you are helping us right now. And in the way that, you know, we as a company need to prioritize things that we're working on. And if, you know, if, if we decide to do this really cool product thing, then that means that the marketing team might not be able to be, do some of the things that they want. And it, so it's this, it's actually kind of the same fundamental prioritization of things that requires give and take across different functional areas. So it, kind of, yes, I think is the answer to your question. Yeah, like I, I can see the I can see the parallels in the way that you think about it. I definitely think that you run the company like that, right? Where you're like, hey, we have finite resources and who's, you know, we're all, we all have to use the same resources. So are you aware 
of the fact that your decision, of course you want to do these things, but like, do you realize that there's a finite resource as to how can we make this so that all of us win, right? Like, I think you have a very, very clear um, uh, vision and articulation of that as you as you lead the company. So yeah, I think there is quite a bit of parallels, maybe not as emotional like to your point, but I think the concepts carry over pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so if I can ask more directly, like, so is that how you qualify success in, in both business and parenting? Uh, getting everyone to the, you know, to the goal yeah. or to the finish yeah. line? Yeah, you know, I, I think it is. I think, um, you know, everyone across and still together, um, I think is, is success for me. And, and, if, and if either of your kids said, hey, mom, I want to be an entrepreneur. What do you think your reaction would be? <laughs> uh, you know, um, I would probably say, you know, I, by the way, I don't know that they will after having seen me go through this. I think, a- I think we're, we are now having that conversation where we're like, you guys got to work hard in school so that you can get a job that you like. And they look at us and they go, like you? <laughs> <laughs> jobs you hear us complaining you know sometimes but we do like yeah um but uh but i i i think there it's it would surprise me a bit but it also uh, you know i feel like the excitement of being an entrepreneur is undeniable and so i would be like yep i i i know i understand you can't say no so yeah you know i i was there so what can i do to help that's awesome yeah that's awesome and then, um, who's musical? Or did Grady just pick that up by himself? Lee. Lee Lee's is musical. phenomenally musical. He was a like a French horn prodigy. Um, so oh, yeah, wow. he actually he played in our wedding. Um, as I like oh. walk up the aisle, uh, he and his parents uh, played uh, played music, which was really really. Wait, fun. stop! Did you just say him and his parents? Yeah. Yeah. So he comes from a musical family. Very musical family, yes. Oh, cool. So, so both parents played with them. What do they play? Uh, they both played a variety of different brass instruments. So they're a, like a, a brass, brass family. family. Um, yeah. But his 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 is the French horn. He he and he hasn't played since our wedding. <laughs> I don't know what happened, and I keep telling him. He's like, oh well, after I get tenure, and then he got tenure, and then he. Like he still hasn't picked it up, so I'm always like, "You gotta, you gotta play." It's my. It happened totally coincidentally. It's my favorite instrument, so it's great. Oh, he had you at French horn. That's right. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love that, and and hopefully he does. Uh, he does pick it up because I've I play um I play music as well, and you wouldn't know that just because um I don't really play anymore. But it's like this weird thing is like. You know, I was talking to you about how, like, the date night kind of seems to go away first. Music was, like, gone. I'd say, like, four or five, four or five items even before that, right? And so it's just, like, one of those things that you just, like, is very easy to just, like, knock off of your things that you want to get done in 24 hours, you know? Yeah. I. It also seems, I feel, music is one of those things that once you're really good at it, it's painful to not be as good as you were. And so, like, for him, mm. he's like, well, if I get back into it, I'm going to have to play, like, four or five hours a day. And I just, because otherwise it won't be very enjoyable for me because I'll be, like, really bad at it. And uh, so it's a, it's a big commitment oh. uh, because of the level of proficiency. Or at least that's, that's I mean, I'm, I, I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. I don't. I'm, this yeah. is more what he's explained to me. Yeah. 
no, this is really great because then now I could basically just tell everyone that I'm usually really, really good. But this is because <laughs> because I'm so rusty and I'm just going to point to you in this podcast to, to confirm that this is why. And yes. it's totally validated. Yes. And I'm actually an amazing musician. Yes. Yeah, this is perfect. OK, great. Yes. Awesome. And then um, um, I do want to make sure that we take the time to ask some rapid fire questions. Yeah. So if you don't mind me switching gears a little bit of and course. shooting off some uh, questions I like to ask every guest. Yeah. That'd be really great. <clears throat> All right. So number one, what advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? Yes. Uh, so my, I will share a piece of advice that Gary, Gary King, my Crimson Hexagon co-founder, gave to me. He had mm. a daughter who was a few years ahead of us. And I remember, you know, in one of those really dark times, he was like, every day T is better than T minus one when it comes to parenting. And he was a math guy. He's a statistician. Every day T is better T. than T minus one. So if, oh, okay, okay, got it, got so it, okay. Things just keep getting better with parenting, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. what I would say. Every day T is better than T minus one. Yeah, it, take, it took me a minute to like do the the math. The T minus one is is deducting it. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're talking about the inverse. Okay, sorry, I'm just not that smart. No. <laughs> but I I got it. I got I got it. Very good advice. That's awesome. And so that's your advice to other parents is just to like Remember, know that it's going to get better every day. Every day, every phase is better than the last. What's the best phase? I don't know because I'm not there yet. I like the next phase that we're going through is going to be better than the one we're in now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Sticking right to it. I try to get you off balance, but you just stayed yep. right on. That was awesome. <laughs> if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would you tell yourself? Uh, that there are way more paths to success than failure when it comes to parenting. I actually, there, you know, I think I totally fixated on, well, what's the right way to do this? And actually, there are a million right ways to do it and way fewer wrong ways. Yeah. And then isn't it also so funny because like I've there's like they're so resilient. They're so resilient. And it's just like you really can't mess up as long as you are well intended. I think so. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. other parents who did exa exactly the opposite things as we did. And, you know, the kids are all great. I, yeah. You know, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, next question. What is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after becoming a parent? Uh, that seeing their, so seeing the kids happiness is like a thousand times better than things that just make me happy. So like their happiness is the most gratifying thing in the world. And so the, the most concrete example I can give is you know, when mm -hmm. they're super young and they give that belly laugh that just like, like literally their little belly is going, <laughs> You know, and it just yeah. it's like this pure joy like, that like like trying to get that out of them is the best. Like it's a thousand times better than my own like me laughing at someone's really funny joke. So like their happiness it, like translates into exponential happiness for me. It's, I, that's what I found and what I learned about myself. Wow, I love that. That's awesome. Did, I mean, just out of curiosity, was that some a bit of a surprise? You weren't expecting that? Yeah. No, I mean, I figured, you know, uh, I I consider myself to be a sort of generally happy person, and I just thought, yeah. like, like I might like to make people happy, but the extent to which 
their joy brought me joy I never expected. Yeah, because you said like thousand percent, right? That's like a lot of X's. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So what is your all time favorite business book? Uh, I'm a bit of a, an old school person. So I, I like Jim Collins, good to great, um, mostly because of the level five leadership thing that that really speaks to me. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really um, telling as well. Too. <laughs> Gonna, You're like, gonna, yeah, that's not a surprise. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes a lot of sense. I love it. Now I'm going to go brush that book off. It's actually sitting right there. So oh, nice. I'll go brush it off and read it. It's a really good book. Yes. It's actually uh, just, this is this is neither here nor there, but that's actually one of my weaker weaker points. So like, I'm really good at like bad to good. I'm not the best uh, at good to great. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, I'm the bad to good guy. <laughs> So anyways, just just because I, I just learned something about you, I just wanted to make sure you knew something about me. And then my last question, I added one more that um, over the last few episodes that I just think is really fun, but we kind of talked about it already, but I'm still going to ask it. Yeah. So when you're not being a super mom and a super professional, what are you doing for fun? Uh, so, well, we, I mean, so I do, I do exercise, but I, uh, and I do go on dates with Lee, um, but I love to cook. Um, <gasps> And uh, anything and everything. Uh, oh. I'm a huge cooking fan. Um, and uh, I love to read. And you're going to probably, this is so weird, this tradition that we have. But we still read out loud um, as a family. So, uh, like, one of us will read the book, you know, out loud to the, to the rest of the group. So, um, uh Right now, we're reading My Family and Other Animals by Gerald Durrell. It's the story of this like guy who grows up with his family on Corfu. It's not a serious book or anything, but um, we read all kinds of different literature, and it's just, it's so fun. We all, uh, it, it started out because Lee and I didn't want to miss reading the chil- like the kids' books to them because books got mm. so good. So like reading Harry yeah. Potter would be like, don't read without me. And we just kept going. And so now the kids are in high school. We're still reading aloud. <laughs> and so I, That's amazing. I love it. It's so I fun. I can't wait till Amy hears this podcast <laughs> because she's going to want to employ this thing too. So when do you read? Like, is it over, like, while you're cooking? Like, how, how do you get all the family together? Do you tie everyone's leg together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that three-legged race, race thing is physical. Like, we all walk around the house with the legs. T- yes. Uh, no, it's, it's mostly after dinner, like before we all, and it's not for long, it'll be like 10 minutes, you know, and we'll be like, oh, let's try to squeeze a chapter in before we all like disperse. Um, or like on weekends, sometimes if we can all manage to have lunch together. So it's usually after a meal, we'll, you know, mm. just take a little bit of time, uh, cause we're all procrastinating and don't want to go on with our lives. And we're like, oh, one chapter, it's just one chapter. So, Yeah. That's awesome because then then it also means that you're bonding with the family, but you're also like taking turns practicing speaking. You're also, I mean, there's just a lot of things that come with that. That's really great. My wife's going to love that idea. She's going to love it. It feels like it's really nerdy, but we all just love it. So we're just, we keep doing it. So it's fun. That's a good one. I love it. That was a really great answer. Thank you for sharing that one. 
And uh, Candice, that was uh, the episode. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, join me and talk to me about parenting in your life. Yeah, well, Young, it's uh, always such a pleasure to work with you and talk with you. So uh, as always, this is no exception. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, yeah, take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. We really hope you enjoyed that interview. And as always, please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.